Blog Talk Radio. Embrace Today is brought to you by Whole House Ministries. Host a pre-curry will inspire listeners to embrace their today with hope and expectation with a focus of bringing about freedom, healing, and restoration through the Word of God. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Good morning and welcome to Embrace Today. I am your host, Epre Curry, and this morning we are going to continue from the passage of scripture um, that we were talking about last week. On last week, we were um, in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 39. In that passage of scripture, um, it was talking about uh, when Jesus was invited to the Pharisees' home, and while he was there, there was a woman that came in, and she began to weep over him, and she began to wash his feet. And the Pharisee who had invited him in, he doubted who Christ was. He said that Christ could not have been a prophet because if he was, he would not have been allowing that woman to touch him. And so last week we were talking from the perspective of Jesus, him having the answer. And regardless of where he was, because he had the answer, um, the unlikely person, this woman, she sought him out because she knew who he was and she was humble enough to go search for him. She was uninvited. She went into a place where she knew the Pharisee who, in all reality, they really, the Pharisees really didn't like Christ. Um, they were the type of people that were very religious. They knew all the um, do's and don'ts. However, they didn't follow them. They looked good on the outside, but their hearts weren't right. They were not humble. They were not submissive. They, as you can tell from the passage of Scripture last week, they doubted who Christ truly was. And so we were talking from that standpoint of Christ. And when you have the answer, um, there will be people that will connect with you that don't really like you. Um, they like what you have. They want what you have. They know that you have the answer, yet they don't necessarily like you. And so we were talking from that standpoint of, of Jesus accepting the Pharisees' invite and not only accepting it, but going in and reclining at the table. He made himself comfortable, even though he knew that the Pharisee um, really didn't like him. We also talked about when we have the answer, the unlikely will seek us out. This woman who um, was uninvited, she faced possible rejection. Uh, she knew where Jesus was at the Pharisee's house, yet she came to him, and she didn't care who had something to say. She came in. She was humble enough to recognize and know um, who he was and what he had, and so she was seeking him out. She wasn't looking at what other people were going to say about her. She was not... Um, thinking about her past, she was thinking about connecting with the one that she knew had the answer. 
And then um, lastly, we talked about last week when we have the answer, even the most religious will doubt us. So even though the um, there's people that know the word of God, they may go to church every Sunday at the church, um, every Wednesday, every time the doors open, they're very spiritual people, yet they still may doubt um, the God that sent us. They still may doubt the ability that we have to do uh, what God has called for us to do because um, they're stuck in a mindset of Things can only go the way that they want them to go. Things can only go the way that they have gone for years. And so even the most religious people will doubt us when we have the true answer. But yet we have to stay focused on the task um, that we have been called to do and move forward anyway. Which leads us to uh, continuing in that passage of scripture for this morning will be in Luke 40, uh, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7, verses 40 through 50. And let's start with 40. It says, Um, Jesus answered him, and this is after the Pharisee had thought to himself in verse 39 from last week. It says, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. So the Pharisee was basically saying that Jesus couldn't possibly be who he said that he is because he's allowing a sinful woman um, to touch him, which Jesus came came for the sinners. He came for us. He didn't come for people that didn't need him. He came for those people that did need him. And so The Pharisee was so self-righteous, he thought that he had it all together, that he could look down on this woman and and then make a judgment on Christ based off of his interaction with this unlikely woman. And so as we are going through our process, we are going to be connecting with some unlikely people, the people that have been rejected by the religious, the people that have been rejected by those that know the word of God, that by those that know how to go through all of the motions, yet their hearts aren't right. And so as we are connecting, with those people, those people will be able to see the genuine God that is within us. They'll be able to see that we too are sinners and we are all living this life trying to be as great as we can be, trying to live up to Christ's standards, yet we are allowing him into our hearts. We are humble enough to know that we can't do it on our own and we are not any better than anyone else. And so as those unlikely people are coming to us, we have to be ready to receive them because they are looking for the answer. They are not looking for fluff. They are not looking for the glitz and glamour. They are looking for the truth, the truth that will set them free. And so we have to be prepared for those people that have previously been rejected or previously have been looked down upon or or just previously have been in a place where they have been around uh, religious people or been 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 in a church and have been hurt. We have to be prepared for those people because those people are truly coming for the truth. They are seeking out something And that something is the truth. And the truth is the foundation on everything that we stand. The truth, it will not waver. The truth is what we all have. And so when we stand on the truth, when we know the truth, when we follow the truth, the truth will set us free. So, again, as we're going into verse 40, This morning, we're going to be talking from the topic of being overtaken by humility. We're going to focus on um, the woman this morning. Last week, we focused on Christ. This morning, we're focusing on the woman. And in 40, it says, Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. And then he said, tell me, teacher, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love more? 
And so when we are overtaken by humility, we have to acknowledge what we owe. And so basically um, to his response that Christ could not have been a prophet because he was allowing the sinful woman to touch him, um, Jesus began to tell him this parable. And it started off with two people that owed a moneylender money. And so because they weren't able to pay him, regardless of how much it was, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50, um, regardless of how much it was, he forgave both debts. And so now he's asking him the question, uh, which of them will love him more? And so when we are overtaken by humility, we have to acknowledge what we owe. Sometimes we are in a place to where we begin to think that people owe us something or that God owe us something or that we deserve everything that we get. Yet, if we would take a, a look back at our lives and recognize where we have come from and, and the things that have, been, um, that have been taken from us, and when I say taken, I mean the punishment that has been taken from us, things that we did not have to go through because Christ had so much mercy um, for us that he did not, uh, that did not make us go through some of the consequences of our actions, the things that he um, kept from us, he protected us, he comforted us, he, take, he took those things from us and kept them um, away from us and allowed us to continue on as if we did not owe him anything. And so we have to get to the place to where we are recognizing that God does not owe us anything. We owe him our life. He loved us so much that he sent his son to the cross to die for us. And so when we acknowledge how much we owe, we owe him our life. And I'm not talking about going through the motion or going to church every time the doors open. I'm talking about a submissive heart, a humble heart to him and to the process that he has for us to go through, a humble heart of acceptance the call that he has placed on our life, accepting the purpose that he has for us, instead of rejecting it and being resistant, we should be submissive because we owe him our life. We have life because of him. And so if we don't recognize that we owe him our life, that he doesn't owe us anything, that everything that he does for us, he does it because of who he is and not because of who we are, when we recognize that, then we will acknowledge that we owe him a life, a life submissive to him, a life given to him. Everything that we do should be reflecting him. Now, let me clarify what I'm saying because I don't want people to think that, um, we have to walk around quoting scripture all day or um, we have to be in church all day and that's a life that's given to him. A life that's given to Christ is a life of love. Um, the word of God tells us that we ought to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and then love our neighbor as ourselves. And so as we, are, as we have given our lives to him, to Christ, we are loving him with everything that we have. And once we love him with everything we have, once we are humble in that process, then we'll, everything else will fall into place. And so whatever process that he has for us to go through, then we will go through that process. We won't look at other people as if we're better than them because, again, we are loving our neighbor as ourselves. We are loving others as we love ourselves. And that can only come when we love him first. There will be people that get on our nerves. There will be people that we will may uh, that we may have questions about. There will be people that will do us wrong. Yet we still have to love them because we are called to love. And so when we acknowledge what we owe, when we are giving our life to Him, we are humbly accepting the fact that. Uh, 
he doesn't owe us anything. We owe him our entire life. And so we don't wait until we need something or wait until we're in trouble to want to connect with him. We have a relationship with him every day. We are communicating with him. We are listening to what he is saying to us. We are allowing his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in what we do. We are allowing him to take us through the trials and tribulations that we go through in this life instead of trying to um, self-medicate ourselves with different things that we pull on when we begin to go through things. Instead of beginning to doubt when we are going through things, we are trusting him. And so we acknowledge what we owe when we are overtaken by humility. Um, There's nothing that we can do to deserve what God has done, but he has already done it because it's him. It's his character. That's who he is. And so when we acknowledge what we owe, we owe him our life. Um, If we think about last week's scripture and then the Pharisees saying um, he could not be a prophet um, because this woman was touching us, I think about the scripture, and I'm not sure right offhand um, what uh, verse it is, but it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Um, and I think about that scripture because the Pharisees, it's in Matthew 7, chapter 22. I think about that passage of scripture because the Pharisee in last week's passage, um, he invited him in. He invited him in, and, and then um, when he saw this woman, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet. But yet so many of us are calling God our Lord, saying that he is in control of our lives. He is in control of everything. We worship him. We serve him, yet we don't do what he say. And so when we acknowledge what we owe, we're not just saying that God is God. We're not just saying that he is in control. We're not just saying that we serve him and worship him. We're not just going to church on Sunday, but we are being obedient to his word. Because in that verse, um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, um, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, I'm going to start for 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. And so that passage of scripture is very deep and it's very, um, it's simple in the wording. However, it's very deep and it speaks volumes to us as a people. We can't call him Lord, Lord, and not do what he says because there's consequences to that. And some people think that because we are doing things on the outer appearance and we look the part and we know the scripture and we're quoting it and we're singing the songs and we're always at church and we are, um, doing different things, saying it's for him, but yet we're not obedient to him, that's an issue. And so we have to be overtaken by humility because if not, then we won't acknowledge what we owe. We won't acknowledge the debt, number one, that was paid for us, but then we we won't acknowledge what we owe to him, a life sacrificed to him, a life given to him, a life poured out to him, a life that is willing to go through each and every step of the way 
um, not even wanting to be uh, pleasing to yourself, not even wanting to do and stay in your comfort zone, willing to go outside of your comfort to please him because you know it is his will and you know that you are not here on this earth to please yourself. And so we have to acknowledge what we owe when we are overtaken by humility. Humility will take us far. If we're not humble, then we're proud. Um, pride puffs up. Pride will bring us low. Um, We talked about that on Monday's prayer call. Pride will break us down because when we have pride, we're trying to elevate ourselves and we want people to see us and we want to be seen for what we can do and what we can say and how we can do it. And we just want people to see us. Humility doesn't want people to see us. Humility, Humility wants us to see Christ. Humility wants other people to see Christ. Humility wants Um, us not to be seen. Humility wants the job to be done and done correctly. And so we have to be humble in this process. We have to be humble in everything that we do. We cannot think more highly of ourselves. We cannot think that we are better than anyone else. We cannot think or allow, even allow others to place us on pedestals because sometimes people do that. And it's not anything that you have done. It's just in those people's character to try to place people on pedestals. But we we, have, we can't let people do that. We have to have to stay humble, stay in a posture of submission, and allow the Lord to lead us in everything that he is calling us to do. It's very, very, very important for us to stay humble during this process. So let's look at 43 through 47. It says, Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she had poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little loves little. And so when we are overtaken by humility, we have to acknowledge what we owe, but then we have to acknowledge how much we love. When we love something, um, it shows. It shows this woman, she entered into the home of someone that she knew um, could possibly have degraded her, someone that she knew um, could have just gave her a more bad reputation than she may have already had. But she came into the house, and as she was entering, she began to weep because she recognized what had been done to her. She recognized that um, her, her sins had been forgiven, that this thing that had been holding her down, this thing that had been weighing her down, had been basically taken off of her. And so her love was being shown by her actions. And so and back in those days when a guest would come in, Um, They had servants whose job was basically to wash the feet of travelers. They were coming in and washing their feet, and they would um, prepare them for this visit, and they would make them feel as comfortable as they could. And so this woman, she entered someone else's home and began to do the job of someone that it wasn't even her job, but yet because she loved him so much and because she knew what had been done for her, she began to wash his feet with her tears and then not wipe them with a how, but wiped them with her hair. And get this, her action showed how much she loved him, but the Pharisee still had something to say. Yet Jesus said, 
he didn't even give him a kiss, meaning he did not even acknowledge the, the person that had come into the room. A kiss is a good sign. It's a sign of adoration and respect. He said, but from the time this woman entered, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has. And so he's comparing the two and what was done and what hasn't been done. And our love is love is an action word. It's a, it's a verb. It's something that we do. And we can say all day that I love the Lord. We can say all day that I love my husband. I love my children. I love to do this. I love to do that. However, our actions show who and what we really love. And so if we aren't truly allowing our actions to show um, what we really love and, and that we really love the Lord, and when we do really love the Lord, then we will begin to do what he say. We will begin to do um, and connect with those people that are unlikely. We will begin to do all of the work. We will begin to um, let let it be seen that we love him, not that we're trying to be seen, but not that it's hitting either. We will do it so much, and it should be so natural that other people will know that there's a true, genuine love for Christ that is within you. And so he compared the two, and this Pharisee, even though he was Jesus was in his house, he should have been doing that. But yet a woman that came from office, off the street, a woman whom he called a sinner, she entered in uninvited and began to show the love that we all should show to Christ because of who he is. And so it says that her great love was shown. Our love should be shown to those that are around us. Our love for Christ should be shown for to him, number one, and then it should just be seen. It should be evident. It should not be something that we are turning off and turning on, but it is a true love. It is a genuine love. It is a submissive love. It is not um, It is not a love that is resistant. It is not something that is controversial. It, this is not something that um, is a drama, but this is a true, true love, and it is. there is nothing fake about it, and our actions will show, because get this. So many people out in the world today, and especially today, including ourselves, we are looking for something. We are trying to fill some type of a void. Um, we are trying to um, get rid of some type of a pain. We are bound to something or some person. There are so many people that have something going on, but they are not. They are embarrassed to come to receive what they need because people that have been um, the some. I'm not going to say all, but some religious people or some people that have been in those settings or some people that think they are better than others has caused them. They have put their mouths on people, and it has caused them to become ashamed and embarrassed and to think that they are the only ones that struggle and to think that the church is perfect, yet the church is not perfect. And so, so many people are looking for an answer, and, and we have to be the ones to display that I am not just going through the motions. I am not just saying that I follow Christ. I am not just saying that I, I love Christ, but I am going to show with my actions. Um, the, the one scripture says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me, unto me. And so what that verse means to me is if my lifestyle reflects Christ, if I am lifting him up, if I am worshiping him, if I am praising and adoring him in my life, then my life, because I am having a true, genuine experience and relationship with Christ, my life will draw people around me 
to him. They will come to me, but they're not coming to me for pre. They're coming to me for him. And so they want to know how they too can connect. And then once they connect, then they'll live that life too to where people will come to them, not for them, but for the Christ that is in them so that they too can lift him up. And so we have to begin to lift him up so that uh, men can be drawn unto him. There's so many people that's going to other things because a lot of us are, are saying that we are for God and we live for Christ and, and he is love and he is this and he is that, yet we show so much hate. We show that um, we show so much unforgiveness. We show so much hurt to other people. We have to get to the place to where we are stripping ourselves of pride. We are stripping ourselves from all of those things that are tainting our um that are tainting our witness to other people, that are tainting our witness to our family, that are that's tainting our witness to the community. We have to get to the place to where we are removing ourselves from that type of lifestyle and getting into a true, genuine lifestyle where we are calling him Lord and we are doing what he says. So let's look at verses 48 through 50. It says, Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so when we are overtaken by humility, we have to acknowledge what we owe. We have to acknowledge how much we love, but then we have to acknowledge what faith can do. He says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. But because she believed, because of she because she believed and she knew that he was the answer, because she believed, her faith saved her. And so he said, Go in peace. And so regardless of what um the Pharisees said or thought, regardless of what the other guests in the house were saying among themselves, the Lord told her her, uh, her faith saved her to go in peace. And so our faith is what is going to get us, not faith in man, because sometimes we are putting so much faith in man. We are putting so much faith in humility that we get to a place to where we are setting ourselves up because we put so much faith in man. When we are um, sinful beings, we are going to mess up. There's going to be people that will hurt you. When we get to a place that, to say that um, I don't want to talk to her because I don't want her to hurt me or I don't trust anybody, and that's one of my issues. I'm suspect of everybody. But when, when I'm at that place of being suspect of everybody, I'm basically saying that I want somebody to be perfect for me. If people can't be perfect for God, then how can I expect them to be perfect for me? We are all human, and there are going to be people that hurt us. So we can't put this self-protective bubble around us and not do what the Lord has called for us to do. But we have to get to the place to where we begin to believe God and stop putting all of our faith in man. Believe the process that he has us going through. Be begin to believe that whatever he told you that you need to do, you need to do it. Whoever he told you you need to connect with, you need to connect with them. Because, listen, he's the one that knows the answers. He's the one that knows who you need. He's the one that knows who you can connect with. He knows even before someone will hurt you, but guess what? He will be there to comfort you. He will be there to heal and restore you. But we have to get to the place to where we stop putting so much faith in man and believing that they can't do anything wrong to us or that they won't do anything wrong to us. We are all sinners. We will all do something wrong to someone, especially God. So we have to get to the place to where our faith is in the right one. Our faith is in the one that does not waver. Our faith is on the solid 
rock, which is Christ Jesus. We are putting our faith in him and allowing him to lead us so then he can tell us to go in peace. We can only go in peace when our faith is in something eternal. But we have our faith so much. um, Sometimes we have our faith in things that are temporal that we can't go in peace. We aren't living in peace. We aren't living in that um, in that place to where we aren't worried or in that place to where we aren't doubting because our faith is in the wrong thing and in the wrong people. But when our faith is in Christ, when our faith is in him, then we can go in peace. Then we can live in peace. Then we will be able to display what it means to be going through something, to have gone through something, yet live in peace. Then we will be that testimony to the world that this is what I have been through. This is where I am now. I am not perfect, but I have gotten better. I live at peace with my past because I know that was my past and my sins have been forgiven. I am no longer defined by my past. I am defined by who I am today. My past can be a testimony to you that you can get through the same thing that I've got gone through. And so I want to go in peace so that other people can see the God that is within me. It's nothing about me because I am no one it's all about him. And so when we put our faith in him, then we can go in peace. And we, ha- we, can't put our- we can't go in peace unless our faith is in him. And so when we are overtaken by humility, we have to acknowledge what we owe. We have to acknowledge how much we love. And then we have to acknowledge what faith can do. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you that you have allowed us to come together, Lord, to discuss your word one more time, God. We pray, God, that you give us wisdom this morning, Lord. We pray that you give us wisdom as we begin our day, God. I pray that you forgive us for any pride that we have allowed to set in, Lord, any faith that we have put in another person or another thing, Lord, we are asking you to forgive us, Lord. Help us to stand strong and help us to be who you have called for us to be, oh God. Father, we need you in this place, and we know that we cannot do this without you, Lord. Lord, we need you, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen.